0: Okay. Here I am with Josh. i sorry. We were just t- talking about something off, uh, off, offline. And, uh, <laughs> I wanted to start the conversation with it just to get going here. Um, uh, Carrie Newhoff and I are asking, what are we shooting? We're shooting an art of better reaching course, uh, for people. And we shot it in March and then it, be- some of the content became somewhat irrelevant because of COVID. So I'm going back to reshoot it so we can release it, um, in, uh, in, uh, probably by i don't know spring or something like that 2021
1: so what are you just talking about reaching people reaching even people inside Christian. of covid
0: yeah reaching people for jesus in a post-christian culture so we don't we're not going to talk about covid as much because it'll date it um True. You know, but it's it's yeah how do you reach people in the post-christian culture that we're living in right now uh theology practicality all that stuff so what
1: about the art of better teaching you do that too right
0: we did the art of better preaching preaching okay. cool. So obviously you took the course
1: and yeah that's why I you know have
0: been you know succeeding in life. That's been actually uh crazy to hear the awesome stories of that. So anyway, um okay ladies and gentlemen, I am on with the distinguished Josh Gagnon uh who wrote a book last year. Oh nice. I like it. Um called It's Not Over. It's not over. Not over. It's not over. Last and sweet. This is over. Just spelled. It's over. Um and uh it's all about dreams and whatever look ministry what are you doing since COVID? you run a big church multiple sites
1: yeah
0: tons of leaders tons of staff what has life been like since COVID hit, and you had to switch up so he's in boston and tampa so
1: yeah we'll it's been a whirlwind it's been absolute. it's been a whirlwind of just trying to you know we haven't really lost steam as far as the church goes because everybody was coming just goes online and frankly i think they probably like it better Sure. Uh, and so I'm not sure people are gonna come back to physical locations would be more right of my concern. right uh, but I mean leading the staff through that change of course our location pastors things look a lot different today yep. uh, my job looks a lot different today It did create a little bit of margin because you know you go to the office and there's a lot of talking there's a lot of playing there's a lot of relationships <clears throat> when you erase all that you're just kind of hanging out doing the work it's done quick Started a uh, uh, started a drywall
0: company. So what you so what you're saying is uh, your your ministry work was inefficient uh, until COVID hit.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, I became an efficient efficient minister as soon as. Hey, I hold did.
0: on, you started a drywalling company. Talk I about, did. You got a little uh, side hustle, huh? I
1: got a side hustle going. I got a few side hustles going. So just maximizing that time. Playing yeah. A little, played a little bit of golf this year. My boys are are avid golfers, and so yeah, just right. I mean. It's changed a lot. It, it, I think it, it took everybody outside their comfort zone. It, it reminded us of how little control we actually have. Right. It, it reminded us that, um, you know, for me, it reminded me just the importance of even relationships. Because I'm, you're an extrovert. I'm an introvert, and so together we 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 kind of seem
0: extroverted. But you know, I'm an introvert, and so. Um, it reminded me the importance of. Is- let's talk about. Let's dig into that for a sec. So yeah, so it's not over by the book. It's fantastic. Um, let's talk about that for a sec. Uh, you're an introvert, and yeah. yet, and yet, here's here's yeah. an interesting thing because I want to I want to try to extract a principle here in regard to leadership or life or whatever. Yeah. This may be. Uh, yet you're a guy, so I'm an extrovert, and yeah. yet I do not network well, and I know you don't necessarily either uh, with other people, but. Here you have all these relationships of famous Christians that people kind of know, right? The Craig Groeschel and the Gordon McDonald's and the, these, you know, big names in the Christian world, and you've somehow shoved yourself uh, into their life and and got their attention and, and learned from them and hang out with them. So how... Tell us how that happens for a person, whether that's business or like, you know, whatever you're trying to make these relationships. How how did you do that as an introvert who might not be motivated to do such? a thing?
1: Yeah, they would probably tell you that um, a lot of my friends would probably tell you that they actually I've gotten uh, text messages from people that you would know and they've said, like, I wish you'd keep me more up to date in your life. Uh, and so they actually recognize that it's, it's uncomfortable for me to continue to feel like I'm reaching out to people and the nuisance to people. I right. think the one thing that I, I, I do well is I, I honor. I think that I, I, send, um, I send a lot of thank yous. I send a lot of gifts. I send a lot of um, just honor. And um, I ask a lot of questions. So a lot of the people that I get around is, is I, I, I don't talk as much as I do listen and I ask questions. And so when you ask people questions, I think that they everybody wants to be heard. And so one of the secrets of one of the secrets for everybody listening is if you want to be around people that are influential, just ask questions because they want to influence. And so um you know just ask ask questions, be in their life, bring honor, don't become a nuisance, don't become a pain in their rear end. Um, you know, speak highly, protect. Um, yeah, I think yeah. those are things it's great. That I,
0: yeah. So it's not over. Talk about it. It's a, dr- it's a book about dreams. We have people listening, watching. I don't know. I haven't posted anything for a year on this. this is our uh, last one. On this format since. Uh, so I'm sure there's, there's, you know, for all 18 watchers um, of this, they have dreams that uh, God birthed in their heart, have totally got messed up in life, um, feel like they can't go anywhere. So even if you rehash some of the conversation we've had before, talk to us about. Yeah. Where this whole thing, it's not over, comes from, and and how to how to like get through when our dreams seem to be totally dashed and done. Yeah, I think I think one of the hardest places to ever live
1: is to, is in a place where you feel like tomorrow or next year will be no different than the broken year you're living in. Yeah. Like, there's such a place of loneliness there if you think about it, Mark. That's I mean, that's what drives a lot of our passion mm-hmm. is to teach the gospel and and, and to to teach that. That Jesus came to give us life and to give us a life of abundance and you know It's not this pie-in-the-sky conversation where I say everything's gonna be great in life And you're not gonna go through persecution and pain. No, that's part of the prescription of life Jesus told us that as well, but I'm just not convinced that Jesus Just desires for us to to die and get to heaven I believe that Jesus desires for us to live right now with with life and purpose and and we go through this thing called life and daily we're seeing people who are just living broken they're living broken inside of relationships they're living broken by their past mistakes they're living broken by a dead-end career that they hate but can't get out of they're living broken by you know addictions and they're living so so much brokenness surrounds all of us Mm -hmm. and at some point most people give up on the potential of tomorrow they give up on that potential of believing that tomorrow can be greater than yesterday. Mm -hmm. And in, in, in my book, I talk about just the danger of living there. I talk about the story of Lazarus Mm -hmm. and um, one of my favorite moments in that story is of course, Jesus doesn't show up on time as, as far as they're concerned, Jesus shows up late. And one of the moments in in, in that story is when Jesus goes to the tomb and he tells Mary and um, Martha to move the stone and it was before he brings lazarus to life and um one of the coolest parts of that moment is jesus could have moved the stone i mean it's it's jesus he's about to bring someone back to life but he asks mary and martha to do it and i think it's because uh, for me what that says to me is is even when we feel like our dream is dead and jesus is late Hmm. we still have to activate our faith in order to see our miracle so jesus asked them to move the stone he didn't move the stone i think it's because he wanted to see them participate in the miracle and then lazarus comes out of the grave of of the tomb of course and then jesus says unwrap him unwrap him and um, for me that was a vision of jesus saying it's not enough for him just to breathe i want to unwrap him from the i want to unwrap him from the the perception of death. I want you to take the grave clothes. Other other translation says, remove him from the grave clothes. It's, right. it's not enough for Lazarus to just breathe get, breathe, get the death off of him. And I think that's really what Jesus would scream into the, all of our lives. His presence, his goodness would scream into us, work alongside of your miracles. I may not have showed up yet. And frankly, you may not even ever see what you hoped you would see. However, I can still bring dead things back to life and don't live as if you're wrapped in grave clothes and so that's really the whole entire big idea of the book is is to kind of shake off shake off the yesterdays and and trust god for greater tomorrows but it's not this pie in the sky thing where it's like you know all just like oh it's everything's gonna be great no the reality is 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 um we are promised pain on earth Mm -hmm. we're just promised not to have to walk through it alone yeah so talk about the
0: title it's not over
1: where did that come from Came from a visit, a visit to a prison. My pastor friend, I had pastor friend for about for about ten years. He had been in ministry for twenty years, and he made a horrible mistake. Um, and uh, I was with him through the whole process when he got arrested. I was with him the months leading up to his arrest. We'd go for walks together. Um, and finally, he got he had to turn himself in and and get, went to prison. And um, he was facing twenty to forty years in prison. And wow. uh, yeah, and. He ended up getting much less than that and everybody in the church all of the pastors all of our common friends everybody turned their back on him and I can I can understand I can understand he did something that, that you shouldn't do <laughs> and I can understand that however man I, when I love somebody I love them and so he understood he made a mistake but I wasn't gonna turn my back on him and so uh, I showed up at prison I was the first person to ever visit him in prison as soon as he could have visitors and we talked and I hugged him at the end of our conversation and I told him hey listen I just want you to know it's not over And he looked back at me with tears in his eyes and he said, I'm not sure I believe that. And as I was driving home, I saw people, you know, just working out in their yards and pumping gas. And it was just like this impression of the Holy Spirit just speaking to my heart and saying, Josh, listen, you know, your friend's in prison and he feels that way. But it's it's actually there's actually a prison out here. And it's just this prison of believing that our greater days are behind us, that that our tomorrows are not going to be greater than our yesterdays and that's that's really where the book was kind of birthed it was birthed in that in that passion and that desire to see to see people no matter where they've been no matter how dark their days have become Mm -hmm. to see them live with hope i mean when you lose hope mark come on like losing losing hope that's a dangerous 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 place to be and so um you know that's that's where we got the title of the book
0: yeah and you see that in people's lives in the sense of like you know, whether that's, you know, psychologists looking into people in, you know, concentration camps or whatever, without, without believing that there's something even, even in this, even in this COVID moment, it's like, if, if, if the government just said, Hey, look, uh, you're done, you know, you're going to be in your house for the rest of your life. It'd be like,
1: well, suicide rates are higher. I was just reading suicide yeah. rates are way up right now.
0: So let's talk about that. You're an American. Uh, you just yeah. had me in your podcast riffing yeah me making me explain political things so uh <laughs> you just got through a uh two two muppets yelling at each other uh yeah. trying to get elected and uh, <laughs> like those two we're still
1: people. not sure uh not really how sure.
0: That looked, right? so uh, from an american perspective obviously yeah. canadians you know think, what 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 are your what are you seeing what are your concerns what are your are you happy with any of that like what's yeah no I'm, i i i really get we get the typical American
1: is very embarrassed by this, right? Uh, it's very embarrassing to, to to see what's happening in our in our political climate. It's very embarrassing. I don't care where you stand. I don't care what what party you're for. It's embarrassing that right. that that a great country. I won't say it's one of the, the greatest or one of the greatest, but I do think it's a great country. I love the I love the country that I live in. Yeah. It's embarrassing that that this is what our country has turned into. And what what's really embarrassing is 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 that That our two, our the two nominees are are close to 80 years old, and about to go into a nursing home after the. I think Biden. I think and I I think Biden will be 80. It'll be 84 or 86 years old if he serves eight eight years, which is the maximum you can serve here. Can you imagine, 84 year old president of the United States of America?
0: I like so for me. But you could have you could have great leaders who are old. It's the question of uh, is is this the best you know? But you need it. You got.
1: I mean, not just that. Eighty four years old. There's no way you can have you can be you're you're pissing vinegar like you used to. There's no way. There's no way that you're fight like you have yeah. the energy. At some point, you got to put that thing into like a slower gear. You Maybe know being I mean? the
0: president's only a nine to five job. <laughs> <laughs> but.
1: I mean, it's okay. not a matter of if I like Joe Biden or nap if I like.
0: Time there's probably a nap time at the at the White House. There's going
1: to need to be. There's going to need yeah. to be a lot of nap time. So I mean, I think we're all kind of frustrated, and it's not about liking uh, Joe Biden or Donald Trump, whatever. For me, it's it's I just I'm
0: surprised that that is 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 the best okay. that this country has. Right. Okay. Talk talk just real quick about what do you think about Canadian? Like, what are your classic thought you're you're i mean half the year you're down in florida so you're deep down there they've never even they've never come north of the
1: yeah i think i think when i think when the typical american thinks about canadians i think the typical thinking is socialism um i think the typical thinking is peaceful Mm -hmm. i think the typical thinking is non yeah like non uh violent passive very passive right would rely on us to protect them
0: uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bro we got canoes bro, all kinds of stuff.
1: no but i think but i think honestly i i like my brother's moving to canada because he hates america really yeah he just got uh, he just wow. got his place in montreal crazy and so uh I think I think for the most part Americans really respect can- Canadians honestly yeah. I think uh, I think there's I think if we could blend our two cultures we'd be an amazing country yeah, I, mean, I think if we could yeah. If you guys can maybe get, you know, I think we could add a little spice to your life. And I think we, you guys could add a little common sense at times.
0: Yeah. A hundred percent. Good, good way of putting it. Um, so, uh, I got a few more minutes here uh, only. Um, so, uh, let's talk about leader. You, you run like 14 leadership podcasts. Um, give us a couple leadership tips for the leaders watching, listening to this around what the next year looks like. What do you think the big two or three things that leaders need to be doing? Yeah,
1: continuing? I think, um, I think make, making decisions um, that you're willing to stand by after COVID is wise for leaders. There's been, a, I haven't made one decision in this season that we won't be able to continue to maintain doing in the next season. And so I wanted to make sure there was no sideways and en- sidewards energy being spent. Right. And so we didn't do anything for, for COVID. We just got everything better for during COVID Yeah, and things that will continue after COVID. Yeah. Um, I, I think, I think, clarity in communication and in not always having the answer so one of the mistakes i made early on is because i had no answers of where in the world we were going and what in the world we were going to be doing i got a little bit silent because i didn't i didn't know what to say at the beginning and what i learned is is i don't have to have necessarily the answer but my voice is still very important and so it's 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 not losing your voice as a leader even when you don't have the answer i think i think people want to hear the leader's voice even if they don't even if they have nothing new to say the comfort of the comfort of the shepherd's voice the comfort of of the leader's voice is still is still important and um i think i think maintaining maintaining vision even when it feels like the the start dates are 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 unknown that's yeah. what's been that's been hard for me i don't know about you but like planning new launches and planning new agendas and planning yeah. new moments and like those big hype moments that create momentum yeah. like i live by that that's my personality i think that's something i thrive with inside of it's been super hard for me to yeah. live in a season it's almost been hard for me I'm, I'm i've all like i you could almost say like the biggest thing i brought to leadership was vision and the ability to communicate it and it's hard now because it's like, when we, I have buildings we've built that we have never opened because right. of COVID. Yeah. I have locations we plan to launch that we, I don't, so how do you cast a clear vision when you have no idea what tomorrow looks like? I think you, you rest in the why over the what. And so in this season, the vision has been more why than it is what we're going to do. Because it can be both. I think at, when sure. you communicate both the why and the what, that's great vision. Right now, it's just been pretty much all why because I don't know what the heck we're doing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And we found that too. We, you know, uh, our whole thing is like Jesus didn't cancel church planting when COVID hit. And so we've, we're planning, we got one in Winnipeg, one in Toronto, both of them, you know, starting to build a core team. We got the leader, we got the pastor, we got, um, but it's like, yeah, but when do you, you know, home group
1: meetings, like just, Yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. Just connection point launch teams gathering on zoom and whatever. Um, but it's like, when do you launch? And it's like, well, that's not really the plan right now. We got to figure it out. it will be nice by fall, and nice, but you know, everybody we'll we'll kind of figure it out. So it's hard to plan for those things. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. Thanks, buddy. So cool, man. for your time, your leadership. You're doing an awesome job, and uh, let's do this again soon.
1: Love you, my friend.
0: You too, buddy.